Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, Lance? How's everything tonight? Everything's going well. Everything's going well. As you well know, we are coming off the heels of uh, perhaps uh, perhaps the greatest show yet. Uh, certainly one of the biggest raid shows we've had so far. Every event has gotten bigger and bigger. Well, I don't know. The first one was pretty big. Uh, the, the, the first the first Rage event, uh, August the I believe twenty seventh at Rage Wrestling in Lasville, North Carolina, was was pretty big. But this one certainly uh, was 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 no exception. Uh, and I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> why don't we, Why don't we Why don't we start right from the biggest news to come out of it? Uh, something you're involved in. <laughs> Every, everything right, well, kind of came to a head. Uh, came to a head on Friday night. We we pretty much. So, what we expected from Mayhem Incorporated, but a little surprise happened, don't you think, in that Seymour Snot Mad Max match? Yeah, well, you know, the whole match, in my defense, and in the Rage fan universe's defense, the entire match, uh, Mad Max was cheating, was, was pulling some dirty blows, I mean, just constant, the whole time. And I, I had committed myself. I told you on Thursday night I would not get involved if everything went, you know, fine. If there was no cheating going on, I wasn't going to get involved because that's not what I do. I even started the night by saying I plan to stay professional and not get involved in any matches tonight so long as they are um, they are uh, straight edge and that we don't see any cheating. Uh, I'm okay with this, right? I Did I not say that? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay, so I did. So here comes Mad Max Morrison, and uh, and and he, of course, he went on to get. He made his singles debut 
against Seymour Snot, and I don't think that the two of us needed any introduction. But nonetheless, I had had enough. Um, I was able to distract Max Morrison. He got rolled up from behind for the three count. Now, look, here's the way I see it, okay? We should have been even right there, but no. Mad Max Morrison had to keep it going. And I'll be honest with you, I let the emotions get the best of me, but um, – and – I, I was ready to fight. I was ready to fight that night, Stevie. <laughs> well, let, let's go back. Night. Let's let's actually go back a little bit to uh, Mayhem Incorporated had three matches at night, and every match, every member of Mayhem Incorporated was was at ringside. Besides the one that was actually wrestled. Well, I'll take it back from the tag team match. Mad Max wasn't there, but you know. Just like we thought, and we talked about it last Thursday night on our podcast with Benjamin Banks, you know, they're, they're, you, you're always fighting three, four against one. And, and that was no different this past Friday night. But, you know, the, it backfired a little bit on uh, Mad Max, costing the match with Seymour Snot. And, uh, you know, from there, it really, really got interesting after that. Yeah, I think it did. <laughs> uh, I think that's fair to say. Uh, for those of you who were not at Rapids Brawl this past Friday night in Roanoke Rapids uh, for Rage Wrestling's uh, event, um, just to recap, uh, Max Morrison lost the match. And, of course, that is when it got interesting. You know, I, I I tried to get out of there. I felt like even. I felt like we were even. So I said, okay, I'll step right. away. And, uh, Max Morrison didn't want to end it there. Called me out for a match now. I was ready to go right then. Fortunately, um, I got a little sense talked into to me from the Rage Tag Team Champions, the Geordie Bulldogs. They rushed into the ring, um, chased the chased Mayhem Incorporated out, and so um, you know they they kind of said, "Hey, look, let's do this, but let's do this on your time." And um, and I agreed with that. I agreed with that. So that's what we did, and uh, I got a little intense, I will say, but. I don't regret it one bit. Tried to stand up for what is right the whole time. And so I think, uh, having said all that, Stevie, it brings us to the news that if you were not at the show this past Friday night, you may be unaware, but it is official that I will face Max Morrison one-on-one this fall at Rage Wrestling's biggest show of the year, Eternal Consequences. Now, I'll tell you, uh, Stevie, I'm – I'm a long ways from that, but I, I got a little bit of butterflies. Uh, <laughs> um, well, definitely, I can't, I can't, definitely. I can't sit here and say I'm not a little nervous. Anybody would be, uh, but, you know, just like you said, uh, in the ring that night after, when you accepted the challenge, you're going to be training with the Bulldogs. They're, they're, they're going to look after you, and I think you'll be ready come October. Well, I certainly hope so. That's the plan, and uh, and we'll certainly see. So, well, there it is, folks. Uh, if you didn't know it, uh, I will be going one-on-one. That's the first match uh, for that show that has been announced, but obviously a lot more will be announced. And there's going to be shows in between now and then as well. In fact, I have been told um, that it is very possible that, that Rage Wrestling could have a – I can't release the details to the general public at this time – but I do know that Rage Wrestling will at least, and yes, you're hearing this correctly, uh, will at least have five shows in between now and then. Um, and that's that's incredible. Um, 
one of those, uh, four of those shows will actually be held on four consecutive nights. I cannot give any more detail than that, but um, I have been told that as of today. So that should be big. <laughs> but uh, I can't imagine all that goes into a Rage Wrestling show. I can't imagine doing that four days in a row. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I guess we're going to find out. But nonetheless, uh, the biggest show of the year coming up this fall, Eternal Consequences, and it should be good. So, Steve, I'm curious, early take, as before we break down all the other great action that happened that night, early take on, on my match with Mad Max Morrison. What do you think it's going to take, other than a lot of training? <laughs> well, unlike, I mean, like any other match with Mayhem Incorporated, you, you're going to need somebody to watch your back, because I can guarantee you, even though, you know, like we said before, you're not a wrestler, but you're training to be one, and that's not going to change anything with Mayhem Incorporated. I'm sure they'll have all their guys at ringside again. So that, that's one thing you'll have to watch for. And, uh, you know, but I, I think you've got a good shot. You know, you got the Bulldogs. I'm sure the Bulldogs will have your back. Seymour uh, Snot was also there to help uh, this past Friday night. And I'm sure that they'll be there again. So as far as that goes, I think it'll be an even match, and we'll see where where you go from there. Well, I will tell you that one of the things I've thought of early on is that I will be filing an official request to Charles Jones and Rage Wrestling for there to be no interference and that an interference will result in a contract release. Do you think that's fair? I think that's definitely fair. I, I didn't understand how all the members of Mayhem Incorporated were at ringside and why that something wasn't done about it this past Friday night. But you know that's just me. You know, after after the first few time first match when you know there was blatant interference by Benjamin Banks, you know that that should have been taken care of. And uh, but that, that's just. That's just the way Mayhem Incorporated operates. Like we said, three against one, four against one. They they, they strive at that, but when you get them, I think when you get them one on one or even the odds, that's when they have problems. Well, there's actually a conspiracy theory out there. I want to know if you buy into it. Uh, I have heard rumor that the reason that Mayhem Incorporated is continuously allowed to, I mean, there there is some. Just saying, there is a little bit of validity to this 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 claim. Okay. So let's take a step back to January, okay? Benjamin Banks wins the Rage Bowl like he does. Thirty money actually won it. Banks rolled back into the ring, throws money out. Banks wins the match. Everybody saw it, right? But who is still the winner of the Rage Bowl? Benjamin Banks. Benjamin Banks. Exactly. This past week at the Rapids Brawl, three Mayhem Incorporated matches, you're right, and all three of them, did have mayhem at ringside, knowing full, good, and well what they do at every single show, there's a conspiracy theory out there that Charles Jones might actually be involved with Mayhem Incorporated. Is there any validity to that claim? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not buying into that. Uh, you know, if, if we're gonna, if you're saying Charles Jones is the next Eric Bischoff, you know, I'm not buying into that. But you know, on the other hand. 
stranger things have happened, and and you've got you can't ignore the fact that they were allowed to do this for every match, and and every match, one point in time, exactly the, the two first two matches were won by Mayhem Incorporated because of uh, interference. So you know, maybe it's got a little little validity to it for for that to be allowed. I can't say well, that you would. Can you say that they would have a problem if a Safi came to ringside with uh, Seymour Snot, uh, you know, and and some other guys there with him? Would they have a problem with that? I'm sure they would. I'm sure it wouldn't happen. That's right, and that's exactly it. It hasn't happened, and I think that that's why you know you look at um, and I don't know. I, I don't really consider that claim to be valid, but it's swirling. It's swirling out there that there may be some involvement there. I, I just don't – I'm with you. I don't see it. And I, I'd like to believe that that would never happen, and I, I'm pretty – I'm almost 100% sure I'm right. Um, but, you know, you, you never know. I mean, at the end of the day, you never know. But um, I don't think Charles Jones can be fault. You know, he's a good guy and uh, certainly done a lot for age wrestling. So, he, he quite frankly, uh, he is uh, – you know, not the reason that Rage Wrestling is here, but he's he's the reason for carrying out the mission. So, nonetheless, um, so there you have it, folks. This upcoming fall, first match tonight for the biggest show of the year, Max Morrison and myself will go one on one. And what I hope, and I'm going to I'm going to file a official plea to Rage Wrestling right now. I'm going to ask that this be a no interference match and an interference of any kind on my behalf or Max's behalf. Would result in a, uh, in a in a firing. Do you think that's fair? I think it's more than fair. I mean, you know, if they uh, and plus here's here's one thing: if if they have to interfere in this match, you know, that that just shows you that, that that's just something they do by habit. But yeah, it's more than fair. Whether that whether it's enforced or not, I don't know, but it's more than fair. Well. We will see what happens. That's my official plea. There it is, folks. That's the and of course let's now now let's break down the matches and let's start right there. Mad Max Morrison and Seymour completely eliminating what happened in the end and of course what has resulted from it. Um, Seymour got the victory. Period. Is this one of Seymour's biggest wins in Rage Wrestling so far? Definitely, definitely. I think so. You know, uh, had a, he had a. Russ fell at the at the last event and had a, had an injury, and, uh, but to get a win over over Max with with Mayhem Incorporated at ringside, I think that was probably his best win so far in Rage. Yep, I, I definitely think so. And and honestly, he don't, despite the fact that Max lost like he did, you know, Seymour dominated a lot of that match with some really. And I actually yep. think that was one of the best quality matches in all honesty. And I think it was Seymour's best match um, so far in Rage Wrestling. I, I would agree with that. So let's talk a little bit about, I want to talk to you, uh, let's start from the beginning of the event and break down the matches. So in the first match, Mayhem Incorporated versus the Kings of Savagery, what uh, supposedly behind the scenes was going to decide who the number one contender is, was going to be for the Rage Wrestling Tag Team title, and uh, Mayhem Incorporated walked away with the win there. Um, 
dirty or not, is this is it, does that make them the new number one contender in your mind? Because that was the Kings, the Kings of Savagery's first loss since their first day in Rage Wrestling. Well, you know, we talked about it, and just like I said on on Thursday night, these guys, this is the first time teaming together. They won, but you know. I don't really think it, it moves in my mind. That may have been for the number one contendership, but in my mind, I don't see them as number one contenders. They're going to have to win another match against against some high-quality opponents like Kings of Savagery or something. Do it again and prove it to me before I make you number one contenders for the race Tag Team Championship. But, uh, you know, I, I don't see it in my mind as number one contenders, but, you know, definitely – it was an, it was a good match, but definitely, you know, I, I would say Kings of Savagery would still be up there for a number one contendership and, and make make him incorporated, beat him again. Savagery, and I feel like that they, uh, other than that one match they lost in the first round of the tag team, they have really been on fire since then. And they looked incredible in that match the other night. Um, the uh, many many call it the suicide dive, but uh, Devin Lopez uh, did that, and, and it was probably one of the loudest thuds I have ever heard uh, at a rage wrestling event. Definitely, um, I think you remember that. That I thought uh, made that 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 moment made that match, uh, and it turned it into a high action. First, it was to be honest with you. At first, uh, I wasn't I wasn't there, but um, I wasn't with it. But then David Lopez did that. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's just changed the dynamic of this match. So I, I agree with you. I, I think the Kings of Savagery deserve a title shot. At the very least, I believe that Mayhem Incorporated um, should have to prove it again. But what do you think is going to be the ultimate decision? I mean, I know that we both feel the Kings of Savagery are. Are, are certainly well qualified for it, but what do you think is going to actually happen? Do you think the King? Do you think Mayhem's going to have to do another match, or do you think that uh, Mayhem may have, uh, in Charles and in the Rage staff's eyes, may have earned their shot? In my eyes, if I'm if I'm on the Rage staff, which I'm not, in my eyes, I, it would have to. They would have to prove it to me again. I think they should have a rematch, and I think it should be. Just like you're requesting your match, no, nobody at ring, everybody's banned from ringside. And let's see how it goes then. If they win that one, then they prove to me they're number one contenders. But until then, I don't consider them number one contenders. I still consider the Kings of Savagery as number one contenders, just because of the fact of their track record, who they beat over the uh, past few rage events. And these guys have won one match. Beat them again, and yeah. now you'll prove it to me. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. We'll see what happens. That was certainly that first match, uh, hot way to start the show. And talking about a hot way to start the show, what do you think of the crowd this past uh, Friday night? Do you think they were pretty uh, a pretty good wrestling crowd? Yeah, I, I was really impressed with the crowd because they were into it from the start. Uh, you know, there were a rowdy crowd. Uh, you know, they loved. I think they loved more than anything, especially kids. When Mayhem Incorporated were at ringside because they got the chance to pick at Banks a little bit with the Kool-Aid man and, and stuff like that. But overall, it was a really good crowd. I mean, 
I don't know what the official attendance was, but I, I know we had a good crowd around Raptors. And I, I'm sure, you know, of course, they made the announcement that we would be going back there in October. So, uh, looking forward to a bigger crowd then. Yeah, and, and I am too. I, and honestly, I think that that's going to help uh, with events that may be held in the area in the future, maybe not just in Run Rapids, but a return to Lasker. Um, you know, if the show goes to Hertford County, which is expected, I think that that is going to, uh, I think it's going to help that. I think people enjoy, so a lot of those folks enjoy the show so much, I think they'll travel. Um, because, you know, a lot of people just, I think Red Dress is still growing. It's still growing. And uh, I think there's a little time. There's still some. There's still some. A lot of time to see a lot of big things happen. But so let's get on to the second match of the night, and that is Benjamin Banks and the Platinum Icon Phil Brown. Phil Brown making his debut in Rage Wrestling this past weekend, and it did not exactly go as planned. Banks got the win, um, per usual, it seems. But nonetheless, let's talk about that match. Uh, did Banks? Banks did not cash in his world championship opportunity at this event and instead went up against a guy who certainly is one of the most athletic uh, specimens that we've seen in rage wrestling so far. And he got the job done still. Uh, If we in rage wrestling had a power rankings, uh, where would you put banks right now? He's got to be number two right now. Uh, Of course, number one being, being a softy, but Benjamin Banks is definitely, you know, you know, he, he won the match and it is what it is, but you know, you got to give, you got to give a big hand to Diamond Victor Griff because without him, who knows, he may not have won that match, but, uh, you know, his right. record speaks for itself. He won questionable circumstances winning the, the Rage Bowl and now winning this match against Phil Brown and Phil Brown, you know, what a debut. He didn't come out on the winning side, but he had him on the ropes. And except for that outside of interference, we may be talking about Phil Brown winning. But when you look at you look at the record and whether we like it or not, whether it was cheating by cheating or what, he's winning matches and he's got to, we've got to put him at the top of the power rankings behind the Sophie because he is the number one contender. So I would say number two, uh, number two for, Benjamin Banks right now. Well, and of course, number one being a Safi. So, so, so I got to ask you. Let's say Banks doesn't cash in because he may. I'm not sure. Let's say he doesn't cash in his opportunity at the next um, at the next uh, match, the next event. Who who would you consider right now to be a strong candidate for a title shot at a Safi at the next event? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, does Seymour, it, you know, uh, it's, it's not a candidate? I think so. I think that would be a good match. Seymour, uh, dirty money. You know, if we haven't yeah. seen that. Him and Asafi go against each other. We, need, we would, I'd love to see a match like that. So, uh, those two would definitely be top candidates right now, aside from Benjamin Banks. But you know, and and it looks like, and I, you know, I know we'll talk about uh, talk about it later in the show. But it looks like Banks is trying to play little little mental games with with Asafi. You know, we'll talk about that later on. What happened in 
in a soft the Sophie Preston Quinn match, but I'm not so sure when when he'll cash it in or if he'll just kind of tease tease him a little bit, play around with him, and make him think he's going to cash it in, and then when the time's right, he's going to strike. Yeah. Well, you know, I will say that, and I see Seymour as a candidate. I really do. Um, I think as no one banks like you and I both do, I've got the feeling that instead of saying, hey, I want my title shot at the next event, I have the feeling that he's going to try something um, dirty. I mean, I, I can't help but not to. Uh, and he technically has the opportunity to do that if he'd like. Um, what do you expect? Do you think Banks is going to be man enough to say, hey, I want a soppy, you know, three months from now, such and such, I'm going to get ready for it? Or, no. What do you expect? Yeah, yeah, me neither. What, what do you no, expect? I, I honestly think, and I, and to be honest with you, I think he would have cashed at the end of the night if a soppy hadn't got up. And like I said, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but – he would have done it the other night. It, it's the right situation. Asafi's fighting somebody else, and Asafi is down. He would cash it in. He, he's not going to give him the benefit of the doubt to of, of letting him letting him know in advance that he wants him in a match. He's going to use that element of surprise to try to get him. And, well, and and my mean, question to you, that's that's the whole you, thing in a nutshell with with cashing this in. That gives you the advantage. You can do it any time. And I think yeah. he's going to use that. Do you think he's going to make it happen? Do I think he's going to make it happen? Yeah, do you think he'll uh, win the I, match? When he gets- oh, well, I mean, it, and, you know, it's hard to say. Now, if Asafi's in a b- bad situation, now you, you take this, for example. Say one of his guys from Mayhem Incorporated gets a title shot, and all he does is go in there and uh, – takes a foreign object and knocks Asafi unconscious. Do you think Benjamin Banks mm-hmm. won't cash that in then? Definitely. Definitely he will. And, and you, yeah. you, you know, I think it's going to, it's going to definitely be Asafi in a bad, he's in, he's got to be in a bad way before he'll cash it. Well, uh, yeah, you're right. And you know, while we're on that, I want to, I want to talk about that, that world title match. And that is Asafi and, and Preston Quinn. So, you know, Preston Quinn came right on our show the day before this event, okay, <laughs> and told us right on our show the day before the event and told us verbatim that the brass knuckles were planted on him at the Rage uh, World Championship event uh, tournament. And so then he goes, turns right around the next night and gets disqualified um, for practically the same thing uh, are you, so obviously I'm not buying what he said Thursday. I was never buying it. You weren't buying it. But no. where's Preston Quinn's world title picture now? I mean, hasn't he gotten enough chances? Yeah, I, I think you know he's definitely dropped back now. Uh, you know, I, I I picked Preston to win. I didn't think he would. After talking about it on this show. I didn't think he would go out and actually have a foreign object on him again to you know and, and get caught with it. But yeah, I think this moves him back a couple of steps. I think he's gonna have to prove himself again, beat some high, beat some competition to get to that number one contendership again. But uh 
Yeah, I think he definitely dropped back after that. No, I think so too. I mean, it's hard, hard not to, uh, you know, hard, hard to keep giving this man a chance, and he keeps getting disqualified every chance he gets for practically the same thing. If the power rankings were, and matter of fact, you know, I think we might actually, we might do this. We're going to come up, and in two weeks from now, we're going to unveil Rage Wrestling's first ever power rankings. What do you think? I think that's a good idea. I think that would be a good idea. We're going to do a top. I don't know. We'll definitely do a top five, maybe top ten each week, but we'll uh, we'll certainly do a top five. So maybe we'll do it every other week or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Maybe every month since we don't have an event every week, but we'll figure something out. So where's Preston Quinn in the equation? If you had to rank him right now, where where does he? I mean, I would certainly I would have said as of last night that he certainly would be number three. Um, Is he? Has he fallen down from that? I think you have to put him back to like fifth or sixth now. I mean, you know, yeah. you once you get a chance, a couple of chances like that, and you can't get the job done, I think it drops you back mm-hmm. a couple of spots, and you have to prove yourself again. You have to go through these guys like a Seymour Snot. You have to go through a Dirty Money. You have to go through a Benjamin Banks. Uh, and, and, you know, talking about the end of that match, uh, and, you know, we were – we were talking the other night about would he be working together with uh, with Mayhem Incorporated. It sure seemed like when he used a foreign object on Asafi and Banks walks out, he's telling him to get him, get him. Uh, so, you know, that kind of made me wonder, too, uh, where his allegiance lies there. I know it's not with Asafi, but I always thought Preston was kind of a guy to his own and didn't have any allegiances to anybody like that. But, you know, it kind of made me wonder after that. Well, it does make me wonder, too, because he made that very clear on our preview show this past Thursday night, episode 19, uh, that he had no allegiance um, to Mayhem Incorporated. But he has done everything in the last three shows to prove otherwise. And um, it'll be interesting to see where he falls in line moving forward. I think there's going to be a point in this – the, the way the rate this keeps going with mayhem that you're just going to have to decide you're going to have to make a decision period and i think we're close to that i really do i've made my decision i think with your support you've made yours and um it'll be interesting to see where the other guys fall in line because i would like to point out that it seems like the majority of rage wrestling seems to be leaning towards mayhem i mean really think about it seymour hasn't made a Made, made any of his intentions clear. Um, uh, the Geordie Bulldogs have, I'll say that. And Asafi well, I, I will speak. I will speak for Seymour. I don't know if you noticed it or not because you were in such a heat of the moment. But Seymour did did get in between us and make him incorporate. Had a chair when everything was okay. starting to break down. So uh, I, he, he didn't hang around, and he did he did chase, chase Banks back to the back when everything broke down too. So I think Seymour has made his his choice. Well, then he may okay. So and that and that's good to know. And I want to offer my I offer a direct apology to him at some point. But you know, guys like the Kings of Savagery, as much as I love them, I mean, I know that they haven't had a really good history with Mayhem, but they haven't made their intentions clear. Um, Phil Brain, you know, he's just a newcomer, um, but uh, no, no intentions made clear there. So. 
it, it's it's not really whether you're on my side or Max's, but it's whether you're on side of Rage Wrestling or Mayhem because I don't think the two are on the same page. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure you know a lot of these guys. You don't you don't know if these guys are still in the building when everything broke. Uh, I know the Bulldogs and Seymour were really the only ones that came out to offer support. But, you know, I, I can't imagine Lopez and King not not being against against uh, Mayhem Incorporated, after, especially after what happened in the first match. Yeah, well, and I can't either. But um, I think it's going to be time here soon to draw to draw an allegiance uh, to Rage or kind of like WCW and NWO. You know, it just came to a point where you had to make a choice. And most people on the, on the uh uh, on the main event card, they just had to make a decision, you know, and I think that that's, I feel like we're getting there. So let's move on um, and talk a little bit about a match that I was just astounded with and just couldn't believe how good, well, I, I knew it was going to be a great match, but um, I wish the Heat Seekers wouldn't have been so quick to call that just a one-fall match because, uh I would love to have seen best two out of three falls from what I thought was the best match of the night, the Geordie Bulldogs and the Heat Seekers. They've obviously had a bitter rivalry over time, but tell me what you saw in that match and, and, and if you think it stands among some of the best so far in raid wrestling. Oh, yeah. You know, it didn't disappoint. The only, the only thing that disappointed was, like you said, not being a two out of three fouls match because you know how old school I old school wrestling I am, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, action from start to finish. What you know, probably one of the best rage matches I think. It, it definitely was the best rage tag match I've seen, but maybe one of their best rage event, rage matches of all time. But uh, you know, I hated that they they cut it short to one foul, but because there's no telling. How much better it would have been if it had been uh, two out of three falls match? But gosh, what do you say about these guys? And the Bulldogs retain, and like I told you, I told you the kiss that they'll miss would, would come into effect, and it did. It had a, it, it determined the outcome. But uh, gosh, they, they, they were, that was two great tag teams. They didn't let me down a bit, and you know how much I love tag team wrestling. And I was really, really pleased with that match. Yeah, that was a, a tremendous match. Of course, the Heat Seekers drove 800 miles to be at that Rage Wrestling event this past week because they had been working uh, matches for WWE. And this is really strange. They had been working matches for WWE. But this this past Thursday night, um, one of the Heat Seekers all, also appeared on Impact Wrestling. And I don't know, I'm not sure if that's aired yet. Um, but it will. No, I think it aired uh, this Thursday night when it was taped. I think it's going to yeah. air next Thursday night. That just goes to show our folks out there that were at the show, or even if you weren't, what kind of just raw wrestling talent that we actually have in Rage Wrestling. So, so what did you think? You think the Heat Seekers lost their debut, but um, if they're back in the in any Rage Wrestling events in the future. Do they stand a shot at winning the tag title? Because I was extremely impressed with their performance. Oh, de- definitely. I mean, I think, you know, that match could have went either way. It wasn't one-sided. I was back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, if, 
if they come back and, and get another match, who knows? They could walk out with the belt. But that's one of those I told people that you, you should pull it up on YouTube, pull up some of the matches they've had in other places on YouTube, and you would see how, how exciting the match they, they put on and, and and back and forth. But, yeah, I definitely think if it was two out of three fouls match, you know, it would have been Jordy Bulldogs win two fouls. I think they would have split split the match, and then you'd have to go to that third foul and see where the cards lay there. But I think it could definitely – they could definitely walk out with the belts if they got another rematch. Right. Well, I think so. Um, I'd love to see the Heat Seekers back at Rage Wrestling. Tremendous. I think some of the hottest parts of the night happened in that match. And Mark Denny, he put on a show uh, at one point no in that match. Uh, he put on everybody a talks show. About, I, you know, everybody talks about how Sean is, is, is the big star of the group, but Mark is the brains of the group. <laughs> and, and even Sean yeah. will tell you that, that he's the leader of the group, but he stepped up big time. Uh, Sean gets he's he's taken punishment most of that match. He makes a hot tag to Mark, and Mark starts cleaning house and and really took over and, and was the difference in that match. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, a tremendous tremendous night for Rage Wrestling. Um, I want you to give the last word really on your assessment of how the night went and uh, what. Yeah, let's start there. What was your overall assessment of the night? It was a great night for Rage Wrestling. You know, not only going to a new new place, but and having new guys there that that make their debuts. But we just it was just an action packed night, and and plus, you know, you had the the testimony of Reverend Willie McLaughlin, which was a powerful message. And me and you know, Mister Willie, known him for a long time, and we knew the story, but. You know, it doesn't matter if you know the story or not. When you heard it again, it, it really, it really spoke to you, and, and you just realize how how God worked in his life and how God worked in Will's life. But you know, overall, it was probably one of the best nights Rage Wrestling has ever had. Well, and I think there is a lot, lot more to come, folks. A whole lot more to come. Uh, Rage Wrestling, obviously, uh, I'm sure at some point is going to return. Uh, to its roots in Lasker. I'm sure they're going to be heading to Hertford County at some point. Um, uh, Halifax County is now a hotbed for Rage Wrestling uh, to grow in. And I actually uh, have also been told that Rage Wrestling is likely going to be expanding some into uh, the central and southern part of the state. So Rage Wrestling is growing. Uh, it all started in Lasker, didn't it, Stevie? That's where you grew up. Yeah, That's right. The and birthplace of Rage Wrestling. <laughs> and that is not to be forgotten, that's for sure. Um, so one last question for you, and that is, um, I think the biggest thing other than the fact that I'll be going head-to-head with Max uh, that came out of the event uh, actually happened yesterday when Sean Denny released a photo <laughs> of... <laughs> of uh, a little bit of um, memorabilia that the Heat Seekers, I do believe, left behind at uh, Rapids Brawl this past Friday night. Uh, Sean Denny was seen in three separate pictures wearing uh, the tights, I believe, of Elliot uh, as a, a part of the Heat Seekers. And uh, I don't think 
I think that may have been the greatest thing I've I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was definitely you know a, a shot back at the Heat Seekers. Uh, if if anything should entice them to come back and continue this feud with the Bulldogs, I think that right there would. So yeah, I I, I know when I, I first looked at that yesterday, I was like, whoa, wow. So uh, you know, Sean Sean is Sean, and he's he loves to pull some jokes and some pranks on people and. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the heat seekers have to say about this. <laughs> I, I will certainly look forward to the reaction. Uh, one of those photos truly got me cracked up. <laughs> and uh, but but we we will see. I'll tell you, Sean and Mark Danny certainly uh, personalities uh, for sure. And glad to have them in Rage Wrestling. They are um, the Rage Tag Team Champions. Overall, great night uh, for Rage Wrestling, and certainly excited for what lies ahead. So uh, I want to spend a little bit of the show tonight, uh, Stevie, if it's okay with you, uh, talking about something we have not talked about yet because we've had so much going on in Rage Wrestling and the independent scene that we have not been able to really offer a review of WrestleMania. And while I know that could take us two hour or two tonight, um, oh, I want yeah. to talk about <laughs> And one of the things I really, really want to talk about tonight is how the show ended. Um, you called it. You told us all on our WrestleMania preview show that we could uh, reasonably expect The Undertaker and Roman Reigns to be the last match of the night. And if that was the case, it was a good indicator that The Undertaker was the uh, was going to retire. And you, uh, we don't necessarily know if The Undertaker has officially retired, but I think everything you said appeared to prove true at, at WrestleMania this year. So I'm going to ask you right from the start, uh, at the end of that show, did you feel like The Undertaker had been done justice? Do you feel like it went down properly? I, I think so. I mean, you know, we all knew that he, he especially if it was his last match, they were not going to let Roman Reigns lose to Undertaker going out. Uh, you know, that's just as much as Vince loves Roman Reigns, that wasn't going to happen. And I think I think Taker probably told him too that he wanted to put him over that night in his last match. Uh, but like you said too, that night we're talking about he needs to have the moment by himself. You don't need to have any anybody beating him down or anything like that. And it was a moment by itself, you know, where he, when Reigns got out, he got out of there quick. And then Undertaker, as we've seen him many times, grabbing his trench coat and his hat. But this time he didn't take it with him, left him in the, in the middle of the ring. And, and, you know, that had to be a sign right there that he, he he was leaving it behind. And, you know, a lot of people were talking about it on the way back. He he broke character, uh, hugged his wife, you know, Michelle McCool, and kissed her. And, and it, you know, some guys were on Facebook kind of complaining about it. But I'm like, you know, give the guy a break. He's been doing this for over 30 years now. And if this is his last match and he's going out, he deserves to be able to break character a little bit. And and I, yep. I don't blame him a bit. But I think he was done right. I think WWE did it the right way. If that's Like I said, we haven't heard anything official. We've heard everything. You know, even Vince come out and said thank you on, on uh, Twitter to him. So I would think it was all but official. But you just have to wait and see. But I don't think we'll see him at WrestleMania again. 
I don't think we'll see him at WrestleMania either. So, and, and since you brought that up, there seems to be rumor, yeah, going on that he may not be done yet. Are you buying that? I see. That's what I'm wondering. I don't think. I think if he was done, he, you know, he would have came out on Raw the next night and 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 had something to say about it and maybe announcement or whatever. But I don't think he's done just yet. Uh, you know, I think he's. He's he's got a little bit more left in him, and I, I don't know what what kind of match it will be at the end. But you know, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be one of those dream matches we wanted to see, and that'll be the way he goes out. Maybe this wasn't the last match, so and maybe the, the last match he will go out on top. But yeah, you know, I, I really don't think since we hadn't heard an official announcement that it's over for him yet. Okay, and let me ask you this. Is there still a possibility? I, mm. and, well, I know there's a possibility. I want to hear you say what right. you think is a – what percentage of a chance do you think we will still see at Survivor Series this year where Undertaker began his career that we will see the Undertaker uh, fight at Survivor Series? What is the chances of that happening in your mind percentage-wise? Ooh. Uh, I would say I would right now I'd go like twenty five percent. Yeah. Oh wow. I, I, I don't know if you know, I don't know if it, you know, if he takes off time and waits till Survivor Series, that would be a good way to, to actually end it would be where he was the Undertaker was born at Survivor Series. Uh but yeah, I right now I'll say twenty five percent, but you never know. It may take him that long. With with the way his health is right now, a lot of people talking like he needs hip replacement surgery. Uh, I guess you haven't heard anything about him having a sur- having a surgery, so I guess he tried to put it off for something. Same way Sting puts off is putting off neck surgery, hoping to get another match with Undertaker. So, uh, yeah, well, a match exactly with Undertaker. I'll put it that way. So maybe he's exactly putting it off right. and, and trying to trying to get better for one more match, and maybe it will be Survivor Series. But right now, I'll just say twenty five percent. All right, 25% chance of him actually fighting. Okay. Now, that's exactly what I want to know. All right, Sting has been injured for for quite some time, but he's been injured and out of action since September 2015. Now, please tell me why he has not had surgery. I think it's fairly obvious. He wants to have another match. The Undertaker has not had surgery. Of course, he just had a match, so the time could be any time. If he does, it's over. I think everybody can can see that. Oh yeah, even one of them have that surgery. It's over. However, I'd like to point out that both the Undertaker and Sting made their WWE debut at Survivor Series, and I would also like to point out that the Undertaker has not legitimately said he's retiring, and I think when he does, it's going to be pretty clear. I think. So I ask you, you think it's a twenty-five percent chance that he will fight? But I'm asking you, right. what is the percentage chance that that match, if he does fight, will be against Sting? Oh, I'd have to go like five, maybe five percent at at the most. Really? Uh, I I would hope that it would fall to get everything would fall into place like that. But you know, I, I I'm giving that five percent because that's something I'd like to see, and I'm I'm very optimistic when somebody else that. That that you talk to probably wouldn't give it that much 
So, uh, I, you know, five percent at the most. Really? See, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there right now and make another Undertaker Goldberg prediction. Okay, I'm Uh-oh. gonna say that Survivor Series this year, both the Undertaker and Sting say, "Hey, this is it. We're out." We want to do this And I think they're both going to do it One on one Survivor Series You know I think the thing about doing it Survivor Series is The Survivor Series doesn't go as planned Well it's okay You know If Wrestlemania doesn't go as planned It's a problem I mean it's a serious problem On the grandest stage of them all So I think that The Undertaker and Sting is a match that Vince McMahon and his creative team are very concerned about being high-profile as it will be and then being a letdown. But if that happened at Survivor Series, it would, can we agree it wouldn't be as bad as if it happened at WrestleMania? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're looking at – that's just like a, a NFL team flopping at the Super Bowl, but – it's the difference between flopping at the Super Bowl and flopping in the first regular season game. Uh, you know, it's it's bad when you flop anytime, but when you do it in the Super Bowl, that's even worse because everybody's watching. And at WrestleMania, every wrestling fan is pretty much watching that. So I, I see where you're coming from there. Uh, whew, but, you know, you're making that Undertaker-Goldberg prediction again, but I hope I'm, and I'm hoping you're right this time. But I, 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 w- I would hope it would all fall into place like that. But we'll just have to wait and see. If, like I said, if either one of them gets that surgery they need, it's, it's a done deal. No doubt about it. But as far as the Undertaker goes, I would have thought that if he was done, done, and not just done at WrestleMania, but he was done for good, that the WWE would have something, something special for him to go out on. And that's what's got me thinking maybe he's still got some more left in it. Well, we're going to find out here shortly. I do think if we don't see it happen this year, it's over. Because I think you're yeah. absolutely right. I think he's 100% certain now that The Undertaker is done at WrestleMania. There's just – I think – not after the way he walked out could he possibly uh, get back in this thing. I mean, I, I just don't think he could, but – um, no, but anyway, I mean, just, so there you just, go. just the way it ended, just the way that it ended, and he left it in the ring. I don't think it would be right for him to go back and do another WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. So let me let's 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 get off that a bit and talk a little bit. What are some other things you saw at WrestleMania that you think are noteworthy uh, and that will well, always be remembered? Well, I think the the biggest thing was the worst-kept secret in wrestling that weekend was the hardest showing up. But, honestly, I didn't – I thought maybe there might be a slight chance they would wrestle, and I sure didn't think they would walk out of there with the tag team championships that night, but they did. I mean, and it wasn't the broken Matt Hardy and, and Brother Nero that we wanted to see, but, you know, still, the reaction from that crowd, that'll be one of those – WrestleMania moments that that you'll never forget there. Uh, I think that was probably one of the biggest things to come out uh, of WrestleMania that night. Right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I I was really excited to see those guys in the ring. By the way, I didn't even mention 
that the ring used the other night uh, was actually sold uh, to a former wrestler on the independent circuit uh, by Matt and Jeff Hardy. That was their ring. Definitely. Yeah, we talked about that. I think we talked about that a little on the podcast the other night. Uh, we were talking yeah, about it. Uh, it was definitely one of the Omega rings that, that Matt and Jeff used with their Omega promotion that they had. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I remember now. But, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty neat neat fact. And uh, so I was excited to see the Hardy Boys back, too. That was a lot of fun. And I think that uh, – and, and they're, the, they're the reigning tag team champions. You know, how long are they going to keep that around their waist? And is their deal with WWE long-term? I think I think that's a long term deal. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of things. How long they keep the belts, I don't know. But there's a lot of talk about uh, maybe once once they do lose it, that they'll split up into singles, and we may actually get to see Broken Matt Hardy, and maybe he'll go to the to the darker side and, and actually talk about an allegiance with Bray Wyatt. Which you know, I'm sure that's moved Matt SmackDown, but actually they're talking about once again pushing Jeff Hardy as a singles singles, uh, giving him a real big push, and maybe contending for the world championship again. Well, I'd love to see that, but I definitely don't want to see Matt Hardy with the Broken uh, Universe because, and you know, I was reading an article today on how. Uh, there's a there's kind of a sentiment out there that Vince McMahon might have some serious legal trouble ahead of him if they try to pull this out. But even after, even if he's able to maintain control of the broken universe, that being Matt Hardy, I've also been told that moving forward, you know, is Vince going to own the broken universe or is Matt Hardy going to retain, uh, even if it got that far? And so there's some speculation now as to whether or not, even if they can use it, whether they shouldn't use it because of that. But I would absolutely love, I think the fans would eat it up, uh, no pun intended, eater of worlds, Bray Wyatt, if he and Matt Hardy got together and, and did some stuff. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I think that would be one of the biggest things, one of the hottest Definitely. things they've done for the real pro wrestling fan in a long time. Definitely. And the, and the talk was, you know, what I just was talking about is if, if Hardy's singles run, Jeff Hardy's singles run doesn't work out, then then they also talked about bringing him back, like having having him go down hard, or and bringing him back as as brother Nero and, and having them back together again. So I think they've got a game plan. If everything just falls into place, we may see that happen. I, I hope so. That would that would be nice. I think that would yep, be, yeah. that would open up a whole big world, just like you said. Them working with Matt, broken Matt working with Bray Wyatt, you, that would be something else. Can you imagine the the promos they could do together? It was one thing for Bray Wyatt and then Randy Orton when they had that uh, like that night. Randy Orton set Bray Wyatt's house on fire with with his sister Abigail under buried underneath. That was one of the best promos I think Orton's ever done. And Orton's not a strong yeah. promo guy, but Matt Hardy is, yeah. and especially the broken Matt Hardy that. That would be something I would love to see. Well, anything else did you took took out of WrestleMania this year that you thought was noteworthy? Well, I was I was I tell you the surprise of the night for me was Bailey retaining 
her women's championship. I thought for sure Charlotte would win. But, you know, Bailey, yeah. Bailey took her out and, and retained the championship. And now, you know, looks like looks like she's uh, – She's established herself now, and but she's got some some big opponents. That Nia Jax is is coming on strong, and and now with Alexa Bliss moving over to Raw, she's got her hands full there too. Certainly does, certainly does. I was very surprised at that. Uh, I don't think that anybody. I don't. I don't. I was not hearing a lot of chatter that anybody thought that Bailey was going to retain. No, I think that was. Uh, if you, I, I didn't see what the betting odds were on that, but I think, uh, I think Charlotte was the odds-on favorite to win that. As far as if, if you look at the betting odds that night. Well, we're just we're just about three minutes away from concluding the show, so I want to ask you overall assessment. WrestleMania this year, WrestleMania um, 33. What did you think of WrestleMania as it stands against all the other WrestleManias before? Well, I wasn't disappointed. You know, I think the Hardys, Hardys thing made it go up a lot more than what I. If they hadn't been there, I would have. I would have gave it like a, a fifty percent. Uh, it wasn't the best WrestleMania that I've seen by far, but it wasn't the worst. Uh, you know, right. some different stuff happened. I wasn't real impressed with the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I thought. You know, to give it to to Mojo with the help of Gronkowski, I thought that was – I didn't think that made sense when you got a guy like Braun Strowman. And especially now with the push he's getting, you know, you, you needed to to give that to him. And I really don't know what they're doing with Mojo Rawley now. Uh, they're not really giving him a push. He's kind of at a standstill. So, you know, I, I don't think that made much sense at all. But, you know, overall – Another surprise at night was Neville winning. Uh, you know, I thought for sure Austin Aries would beat him. But, you know, Neville, Neville surprised us. But, you know, it wasn't the worst WrestleMania I've ever seen. But, you know, I would put it like at a 60 70% of what I like. Well, I thought it was better than last year's WrestleMania. Of course, last year WWE was really stricken by, stricken by a lot of um, – unfortunate injuries, but I thought it was yeah. good. I think it was a lot, lot to live up to. Um, it was, wasn't a lot to live up to, rather. We'll see what they do next year. So, as we uh, wrap up the show, we got about a minute left. Um, where do you think, uh, again, you know, Rage Wrestling, I want to kind of conclude with them. In the, his, okay. in the history of Rage Wrestling, where do you think Rapids Brawl as overall event stood um, in the break? I would have to rank it number two. I'd still give the first event number one because, you know, that was top to bottom. That was action-packed, and that was just a great night. And, you know, I'm kind of biased because it was in Alaska, but, you know, that that was the birth of Rage Wrestling, and it was exciting. But, you know, I'd have to give that a number two. Charles, I, I, I sent Charles a message after it was over with. I told him what a great job he was doing. He definitely did a great job Friday night because it kept you on your toes. You didn't know which exactly what was going to happen, especially, you know, now we've got another wrestler. We've got Lance Jenkins on the Rage Wrestling roster. So, you know, <laughs> I would have to uh, Hold on. We don't, we, we don't have a <laughs> Well, no, you're official now. Yeah, we got, you a, we got a one-time. 
I'm I'm doing this match and I'm going to prove a point. And I have I am not turning wrestler, but I will tell you that <laughs> I am going to do everything I can over the next uh, probably six months uh, to prepare for what is probably going to be the greatest challenge I have ever faced. And um, and I know it's not going to be easy. I know it's not going to be easy, but uh, I'm going to give it my very best. And if one thing I can tell you is this, win or lose that match, I am going to make sure Mad Max remembers that night. You can put your money on that. Well, the thing is, as long as you get respect, that'll be the best thing Well, I got a lot of work to do to get that. Uh, but we shall see. We are months away now from that and, and probably even weeks and months away from yet another Rage Wrestling event. Folks, we appreciate you joining us from all around the world tonight. Um, we are, we have such a large international audience, and uh, it's just so interesting to see. Um, I wonder how many of them actually hear about Rage Wrestling and, and maybe one day are going to make a show because they heard it right here on Brawl for All. But uh, Stevie, I'll give you the last word tonight as we conclude the show. As always, you got the last word. All right, I will. I will say this: you talk about rage and how big rage is getting. Had a had a message from a a guy in Greenville, North Carolina, about asking me about the rage events and talking about how interested he was. So, rage is going to grow, but I think this is going to be a really, really big year for rage. I'm looking forward to the to the events to come, and you know, have to say this. Right or wrong, Lance is standing. You know, you got my respect for standing up for what you believe in, standing up for what's right. Uh, you know, I, I take my hat off to you because I don't know if I'd I'd had the guts to to do what you're doing. But you know, anything you need, you get, I got your back. Stevie, I sure do appreciate it. I have Mayhem Incorporated has tried to split us apart for months now, and I have known from the very beginning who had my back and who didn't. And never ever questioned uh, you, and I, I appreciate that very much. And and uh, we are this this is the 20th episode of this show. I feel like if we've been doing hard like to believe. Of these, but yeah, but it, it's hard. But it's it, it, in, in one respect, it's hard to believe it's the 20th. But in another respect, I feel like we've been doing this for much longer than just just 20 episodes. <laughs> but um, but that's a good thing. We appreciate our entire audience for joining us week in and week out, whether you listen to the live edition on blogtalkradio.com or if you listen to the on-demand edition on the podcast app on your iPhone or either the TuneIn radio app on your iPhone and Android device. Um, we appreciate it. We very much appreciate you joining us. Uh, almost, almost the entire United States has at some point uh, joined us. And Well, I should probably rephrase, rephrase that. <laughs> I don't know that the entire population of the United States has tuned into the show before, but <laughs> almost, almost every state represented, um, as well as, uh, matter of fact, I think it's 49 states now, but you have to forgive me. I don't have the data on what's the lone state left, but I will have that oh, next week. Oh, come on. Uh, yeah, I know. I apologize. I don't know what I was thinking. And no, so I'm many saying, countries. Come on to whatever, whatever state that is, they need to get on board. Well, we're going to call them out next week. We're going to start the show with calling out that state, and we're going to see if they can take care of business. But, Stevie, always a pleasure. I'll look forward to joining you again next week. 
live right here on Brawl for All. Stevie, appreciate you joining us. Thank you, bud. Have a good one. All right, folks, and as far as we're concerned, we will see you next week live for episode 21 right here live on Blog Talk Radio Sunday night, 7 o'clock p.m. We'll see you then, and hopefully we won't have any cracked ribs or concussions before we get there. God bless. We'll see you next week. Stevie Fly and I will break it all down for you on another episode of Brawl for All. Ladies and gentlemen, 